Welcome to the Three Creeks Church Podcast. We're a church in Gahanna, Ohio, that exists to help people find and follow God. We hope this message encourages you, challenges you, and helps you discover how much God really loves you. Welcome to Three Creeks. My name is Joel, and I get to be the pastor here. And if you're here for the first time, we just want to say welcome. We're, we're really glad. We, we really believe you could have been anywhere else in the world, and you've chosen to be here. So for that, I'm grateful, and I'm expectant that, uh, that God's going to do something in our hearts and in our lives this morning. I, was, I, I try to stand right down here, right before I come up here, and I, I turn around, and I just look and say, okay, this is, these are the people God wanted here today. And, uh, and I just kind of look at my notes and I go, I, I, I've prayed through this and I, I believe this is what God wants to say to the people that are here today. And so f- for that reason, I, I'm expectant and uh, it's a topic today that, that I needed a refresher on for sure. And one that I think everybody in the room will say, yeah, that, uh, that's something I needed to hear. So, so here we go. Um, do you remember in the good old days when we used to listen to the radio? And you didn't get to pick your song that you wanted. Pre-Spotify, plug it into your car days. Pre-Bluetooth days, you just, you just listened to the radio. And you just hoped that they would play your good songs, the good songs you wanted. And then every once in a while, do you guys remember this? You could actually call in and request a song. You'd call in and you didn't even know, well, are they really going to play this? And you'd wait for 90 minutes. And then it would come on. This one is on here. Requested by Joel from Colorado Springs, Colorado, with arms wide open from Creed, you know? And you're like, yes, this is my moment. And uh, I prefer Spotify. But um, one of the things I also miss about the radio are the radio trivia contests. Maybe you've heard one of these before, but, but the DJ will essentially give a statistic, and then for two hours, people are calling in and guessing what the answer was. They'll give a number, as an example, they'll say, what do Americans on average want 29 of? And people are, answers are all over the place. And it, oh, somebody will finally get it. People, Americans want on average 29 days of vacation every year. And you're like, oh, I knew that. Not really on that one. Here's another one. 90% of us no longer do this. And the answer to that was, answer the phone when it's an unknown number. Raise your hand if you're in the 10%. Are you, are you an answerer? Wow. Amazing, Noah. Con- congratulations to you. 38% of people always go to the same place for this. Groceries? Coffee? No. It's your haircut. 38% of people always go to the same place. I've got one for you this morning that leads into our topic, our fruit of the day, if you will. I'll be surprised if you get it. What happens every 98 minutes? And I'll even go further to give you a few more hints. It happens every, every 98 minutes. It lasts about three minutes. It's 203 degrees. And it's 130 feet in the air. Anybody? If you wander into Yellowstone National Park and drive towards the upper geyser basin, you'd probably pass by a couple hundred geysers and you would eventually arrive at a geyser named 
old faithful. It is uncommon, actually, to be able to predict geyser eruptions with regularity, but old faithful has lived up to his name, listen to this, only lengthening the time between eruptions by 30 minutes over the last 30 years. It's that consistent. For 150 years since Old Faithful was discovered, it has been the most reliable, predictable geyser in the world, never missing an eruption in its cadence. Old Faithful. Maybe some other words that we would use that are synonyms of faithful is reliable or trustworthy, loyal, or able to be counted on. You can count on Old Faithful if you time it right. And you pull up there with a couple hundred other people. Man, every 98 minutes, it's going to go. And what the Bible says is that if we give our lives to Jesus, that's a choice each one of us has to make. And then subsequently, we spend time with God. We give the Holy Spirit license to actually move in our lives, change us. We're willing to be molded by God. What the Bible says will happen is that God will make us more faithful people, more reliable people, loyal people, able to be counted on people. Who comes to mind for you when you think of the word faithful? Chances are it is somebody a lot older than you because faithfulness takes a long time to build a reputation. Old Faithful doesn't get the name Old Faithful after a couple weeks. It's been faithful for 150 years. You don't join the setup team here at Three Creeks, serve for two weeks, and then get labeled faithful. Those are the, I mean, you've been there five or six years showing up at 630? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can start talking about how you're faithful. It takes a long time. It's like fruit. Okay, so the question is, who comes to mind? Follow-up question. Would you come to mind for anybody if I asked them, who's faithful to you? Who's been a faithful friend to you? Would you come to their mind? And if not, if not yet, perhaps, are you trending in that direction? Maybe there just hasn't been enough time yet for you to be known as faithful, but, but are you going that way? We're five fruits down, four fruits to go in Galatians 5, 21 and 22, this series called Locally Grown. We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. This is the, these are the two verses we've been reading together the whole time. I'll read them again. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. If we're Jesus followers... If we've made a decision to follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit then takes residence inside of us. These are the fruit that are produced in us. Love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Two brief reminders before we talk a little bit more about faithfulness. The first is that these are not, notice this, big difference, these are not the fruits of the Spirit. This is the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, as Christians in a church body like this, we don't get to pick and choose which one of the nine fit our personality and then hope that some other people kind of cover for us and the stuff we're not very good at. You go, I'm not gentle. We'll let them handle that. That's not how it works. Paul says this is the work of the Holy Spirit 
this is, these are indivisible. This is the fruit. of. It's not like gifts. Gifts of the Holy Spirit are kind of each given to different people at different clips, and we're actually supposed to stay out of the way if we don't have the gift. The Bible says, let different people use their gifts and serve one another, but this is the fruit. So we're not allowed to say, ah, faithfulness, not my thing. This is what God wants to produce in all of us. And then the second thing is that notice that it says it is the Holy Spirit that produces this kind of fruit in our lives. In other words, the fruit is not produced by us. It is produced in us. We cannot, by our sheer willpower, white-knuckle our way into faithfulness. That is not a good long-term plan. No, no, no. This is supernatural. This is the work of God. Aside from God, we cannot grow into being the faithful person God wants us to be. The fruit is produced in us by God. And today we're going to have a chat about faithfulness. And, and, and I just said, man, the people that love you the most, this people that spend a lot of time with you, man, they are hoping that we will listen this morning. Because faithfulness, you don't think about it probably that often, but it has incredible effect on the people that we spend the most time with. The Greek word here, when Paul wrote it, is the word uh, pistis. I can say that in church, right? <laughs> Pistice, we'll say it that way. No, that didn't work either. Okay, the, the point is, the translation is, it describes a person who can be relied upon. Someone who is loyal, someone who can be counted on, who is always there. In context, being listed with these other eight virtues or characteristics, we can see that the opposite of faithfulness is not faithlessness or, or not having faith in God. That's, that's a different faithfulness, being full of faith. This is the word pistis, it's, it's being able to be relied upon, counted on, loyal, trustworthy, going to be there for you. And faithfulness is generally, if you think about it, taken for granted until it is fractured. Someone you trust deeply turns out to be a fair weather friend or a contractor cuts corners and doesn't do the part that they said they would agree to. A coworker fails to come through on the part of the project that they said they would complete. A spouse turns out to have been unfaithful to you. And suddenly, because of unfaithfulness, we are bleeding and broken. And this highlights the significance, the importance, and the power of faithfulness. It is often taken for granted when someone is faithful to us. We almost assume it. And then if it's broken, it often can leave us so hurt, so wounded, so bleeding that we have a really hard time trusting anybody else because, well, they do the same thing. Picture someone for a second who is 100% trustworthy. You never have a doubt they're going to come through. They're loyal to you, reliable. Think about that person. Isn't that the kind of friend you want? Isn't it the kind of spouse you want, the kind of children you want, the kind of co-workers you want, the kind of roommate that you want? The truth is that all of us, no matter how faithful we become, no matter how much faithfulness God produces in us, 
as we spiritually mature is that at some point, all of us are going to let one another down. But the wonderful news for me is that the Bible describes a God who will never let me down, who will be faithful. 36 different times in the Bible, God is described as faithful. In Exodus 34, maybe the passage that describes God the Father's character the best, it says that he is faithful and compassionate to the end. I mean, God is faithful. And, and I, um, I want to show you something that will highlight the faithfulness of God uh, in my life. And it, this, is, uh, this might take me five or six minutes, but I hope that it will uh, maybe help you see the faithfulness of God in your own. So uh, I'm going to just kind of draw a timeline, and I'm going I'm to draw out my, my personal journey through life so far. This is a little personal. It's a little bit honest, uh, but I think it'd be helpful if, if I kind of showed you how to do this. So this is zero. This is October 14, 1986. Thanks, mom. And then this is, I'm 36 and we're in August of 2023, right? This is me. This has been my life so far on earth. And my personal journey kind of goes like this. So I was born in Willard, Ohio, go Flashes. And uh, my dad was a youth pastor. As far as I know, I liked it. I don't know really if I didn't. I just remember having a good relationship with my mom and dad early on. When I was three years old, I moved to France. As far as I remember, I liked it. No problems there. And then we moved to Africa when I was four, and I remember that I loved it. And I just, I loved that my parents were missionaries. I loved that uh, I got to play soccer all the time. I loved living in the jungle. And when I was five years old, I made a decision to follow Jesus. So we'll just kind of put that there as a, a, a little bit of a peak for me. I remember that still. Um, for first through sixth grade, I got to go to boarding school. And there's a lot of people that would probably have to take this line and bring it all the way down here because that was not a great experience. I had great dorm parents, great friends. And so for me, as an individual person, I just had a great time. First through sixth grade, living the dream. Uh, sixth grade, got some very bad news. Came home for Christmas break after being at boarding school for, I guess, the first half of sixth grade. And my parents told me that we were going to move back to the United States. And at that point, that was very bad news for Joel. I did not like that. Um, I did like going to Cleveland Indians games, and so we can just kind of do a little uptick there. But <laughs> generally speaking, not great. Not great. Indians weren't very good. So uh, this is at, this is, these are the 95 Indians here, okay? Uh, <laughs> okay. A little bit more transparency. Seventh grade. I don't, know if, I don't know if anybody's line would be up here. But mine was down here, man. I got made fun of so much. To the point where I left one of the middle schools I was in and went to another one in eighth grade. And I couldn't figure it out. I know that sounds funny, but I just couldn't figure out why people didn't like me and kept making fun of me. Sixth, or seventh grade middle school, it happens. Eighth grade middle school, it happens. I get the news, we're going to move to Colorado for ninth grade, and I go there, and I thought, great, blank slate, new me, new state, you know, this is going to be great. Same thing happens, eighth or sixth, 
sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, just, I just was miserable. I was miserable. And man, in 10th grade, I met four guys, Mason, Brandon, Chris, and Brian, who loved Jesus and brought me to their youth group. And we did FCA together. And by the grace, it's one of the best gifts I was ever given. Man, 10th grade was the best. And I made friends and I settled into kind of who I was a little bit more. And I really started following Jesus. I had a youth pastor named Dave who showed me what it was like to follow Jesus with joy. And I just, it was awesome. And I would say my junior year and my senior year of high school were great. I don't know how my timeline's doing so far. 18, yeah, that's about halfway. And uh, I went to college, majored in soccer, <laughs> and had a great time. I made my friends, all the grooms in my, in my wedding were my teammates. Like, it was a great four years, except for in, uh, when I was 21 years old, I had this personal spiritual reckoning where I really began to ask myself the question, is all of this real? Or are these just stories my parents told me? And I wouldn't have said that I'm not a Christian, but if you'd have looked at my life, if you were looking where I was spending Friday, Saturday night, if you were looking at some of the relationships I was in, you would have said, doesn't really look like this guy cares a whole lot about Jesus. And so I would say the, the end of junior year, end of senior year, man, it was, it, was, uh, it was as spiritually as low as I can remember and having major questions about my faith. In that period of time, God spoke to me in, a, in an amazing way, and it's a story for another day, and it looks like I'm kind of a mess here, but man, way back up. So when I was 22, through that same youth pastor who I had in high school, I ended up at a Bible institute for a year. Best spiritual transformational year of my life. Unbelievable. Started working at Beulah Beach Camp. Loved it. Every minute of it. Can't even put it into words how much I loved it. Saw God moving in ways that I have never seen in my life. Unbelievable. True. Not just my parents' stories, my experiences. And then when I'm 24, I meet Morgan, my wife at Beulah Beach. We got married when I was 25. I mean, it's like up here with Morgan. And then we moved to Branson, Missouri, and it got lower than it ever has been. I'm all over the place. We just had a hard time, not in marriage as much in our first year, but moving to a new place, having no friends, having jobs. Morgan didn't love the job. I loved the job. And so there was a little bit of like, what are we doing here? How long are we going to be here? And Morgan went through a depression and I felt like, man, I just, this is the best person I've ever met and I've ruined her. She got married to me and now look at her. You know, she was just not who she had been. And so she was going through that herself. So it was just bad, man. And then while we were there, God called us to start a church. Which way do you think I'm going to go? I'm going to go up. <laughs> uh, so we move here. We had Cooper. We had a baby. We bought a house. We're in Gehenna. We feel peace in our hearts about where God's taking us. We're excited about this. And so Three Creeks starts and it starts to grow. We're doing great. And then we had a miscarriage. And so we got to bring it down here for a minute. But we had great friends who loved us and prayed for us and supported us through that. And so we got to go back up. And then our church was growing a lot. And then COVID. 
And COVID was a lot worse for some other people than it was for me, but it wasn't great for me. It was terrible for, for thousands of reasons, millions of reasons. And then we had Willow, though, in the middle of all that. We got to adopt her and bring her into our family. And so we're back up, man. This has been my spiritual journey, my personal journey. And, and what the Bible says is that God has been right here the whole time. And I haven't always felt like it was here. But it just feels like, in hindsight, I can see the whole time that God never let me go. He never let me down. He was reliable. Even, even down here and even down there. Just a couple of verses of scripture that I was thinking about as I was writing this out and drawing it out myself this week. Uh, can you throw those verses up there, Megan? One was Deuteronomy 32, 4 that says, A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just is he. And then I thought about uh, Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Even though we are six months married and my head, my hand, my head is in my hands and I don't know what to do, I can still acknowledge that even in that darkest valley, his rod and staff were there to guide me. It makes me think even, remember, remember this one? This was when I was 21 years old. It's the passage that Lisa read a little bit earlier from 2 Timothy. It, it's describing the character of God. It says, even if I am faithless, he will remain faithful. It was during this plunge of doubt and skepticism that God met me in the most powerful, memorable way of my life ever. Even when I was faithless, he will remain faithful. When I look at this whole story, especially these ones here, I can't not think about Psalm 139. It says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Even there, your hand will guide me. Even here, your hand will guide me. Even here, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. And so I, I, I just, as I, as I thought about this, I thought, man, this is not really a story about Joel. This is a story about God's faithfulness through all of my life. The whole time, God has never abandoned me. He has been trustworthy, loyal, able to be relied upon. He is faithful. It would be an amazing experience for you to do this slowly, to get a piece of paper and turn it sideways and take a pencil and just go, Lord, help me remember everything and just chart it out and, and draw off the page if you need to, if it was that high or that low and just be that raw with God. This week, grab a piece of paper and do yours and reflect. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Reflect and say, man, what did God do in me, through me, around me, through that? You may not choose to go through it again, but what did God do in that that he couldn't have done at any other point? Because there's some work that God can do here that he can't do up here. He's faithful. God is so faithful, able to be relied upon. 
And, and one of the things I was thinking this morning is that, is, that, is that if I erase these numbers and put another whiteboard over here and, and just, even if it says 80 over here, I don't know how old I'm going to be. But the whole time, I know that that red marker is going to cover this blue marker no matter how high or low that it goes. That's what the Bible says. He's reliable, trustworthy, able to be relied upon. And so the follow-up question is, in response to this, in response to the faithfulness of God, we've got to ask ourselves, are we? Are we growing in faithfulness? Are we faithful people? Am I a faithful person? Am I able to be relied upon in a similar way? A couple specific groups here. I've got a series of questions for you. Husbands, are we being faithful husbands? Are we steering way clear of unfaithfulness? Are we listening to and loving our wives? Are we home when we say we're going to be home? Can we be counted on? Are we being faithful and honest regarding all of our finances? Does our word count? When we say we're going to do something, does, do our wives believe us? That would be a good litmus test of whether or not you're being a faithful husband. Or does she roll her eyes and say, we'll see. Wives, are you guys being faithful wives? If other wives are dogging on their husbands at the girls' night out, do you join them? Or do you reject negative chatter and gossip and remain faithful to being kind and supportive of your husband even though he isn't perfect? Are you listening to and loving your husband? Can you be counted on as trustworthy with money? Can you be counted on as trustworthy and loyal when it comes to having male friends or people that you work with? Are we being faithful friends? Or are we too busy to be faithful friends? Are we being intentional to celebrate significant moments in the lives of our friends? Are we remembering birthdays? Are we celebrating graduations? Are we calling to check in and we're asking real questions? That's what friends do. Do you show up for a friend when you said you were going to show up or do you cancel all the time? Are we being faithful workers? Like, do our, do our bosses, do our employers trust us, even if they're not around us? Do we clock in and clock out? Those of you that work from home, there's so much gray area. Are you doing this with integrity? Or are you cutting corners? Are we being faithful workers and working as unto the Lord, like Paul says we ought to be doing? Are we being faithful parents? Those of you guys that have kids, those of us. This was, this was hard to write because I'm not acing it. Am I being a faithful parent? Am I being consistent in discipline? Am I being consistent in my mood? Do my kids know what they're going to get? Am I reliable or do I fly off the handle? Make false threats? Am I faithfully giving grace to my kids 
while they're young and growing up and figuring it out? Are we being faithful kids? Not all of us have kids, but all of us are kids. And if you have a relationship with your parents, here's a, here's a couple questions. Are we, are we calling our moms and dads just to check in? Are we remembering our parents' birthdays and anniversaries as faithful children? Are we being empathetic and compassionate because our parents are in a new season of life that they've never been in? Are we being faithful church members? Are we, when, when presented with opportunities to serve one another or serve our community, are we, everybody wants to be the church that serves, but are you like, yeah, I kind of hope somebody else does? Or are you the faithful person that says, I'll do that again. I'll jump in. It's not for me, but I'll jump in. Are we giving faithfully, generously, as God tells us to in the Bible, to give to his work and give back to God a portion of what he has given to us? Perhaps as the great theologians say it, I might be stepping on toes on this one. Are we showing up faithfully to church on time? <laughs> you ever been in here at 10 o'clock? You're like, is it, does it start at 1030? <laughs> right? Just being honest. If you, ex if you click accept on Planning Center and something more fun comes up, are you quick to cancel are you faithful to show up? I'm not asking if you've ever changed your mind or canceled. I'm saying, is it a habit? Don't we want to be a church full of faithful people? Aren't those the kind of people you want to be surrounded by? Well, to another person in the room, you're the group that they're surrounded by. It's a very others-oriented way to think. Faithfulness often doesn't bless us. Sometimes it does. But it definitely blesses the people around you. And if you're thinking to yourself, man, this is going to be tough. <laughs> this is going to be tough. I go, yeah, yeah, it definitely is. This is not natural for anybody here. This is not how we're born. There's no snapping of the fingers faithfulness. We can't leave today and go, yeah, I'm going to slap that on. This is going to take some time. It's a, it's a long, slow march in the same direction, but faithfulness is what God is looking for. And ultimately, the unnatural, unusual faithfulness that we could display actually in a flaky, wishy-washy world, it would point to the genuine work of God in our life. Why do people go see Old Faithful? There's 500 other geysers within like 50 miles. Why do they all want to go see Old Faithful? Because there's something about faithfulness that it just, uh, the human heart loves a little bit of faithfulness. We like the reliability. We like the loyalty. It's something about it that speaks to it. People come from all over the world to see Old Faithful. And I just, I want our church to be full of faithful people where people come in and go, man, they can be relied upon. I want our marriages to be full of faithful husbands and faithful wives where there's just this 100% trust and then therefore this, this joy that comes through marriage rather than this paranoia or this uncertainty. I can remember a story my dad told me a couple years ago. He's told it to me a couple times actually. 
So my grandfather was a pastor for most of his adult life, never pastored a big church. It was always 50 or 60 people. When you drive down an Ohio country road and you see a little church, those are the kind of churches my grandpa pastored. And as he was getting older in life and my dad was this young aspiring pastor, my dad asked my grandpa, dad, did you ever have bigger dreams than this? Did you ever want to pastor a big church? My grandpa looked at my dad and he said, son, here's what I'm going for. I want to be faithful to your mom. I want to be faithful to you kids. I want to be faithful to God. I want to be faithful to the people that show up at my church. I'm less interested in being influential or popular or rich. I want to be faithful. And I think, I think my grandpa was onto something. Because when Jesus tells that one story, remember how Jesus tells stories? They call them parables. They're stories Jesus would tell to illustrate spiritual truths. I don't know if you're familiar with this one, but let me give you the cliff notes. Three different people. He gives one guy five bags of gold, one guy two bags of gold, another guy one bag of gold, and they live their proverbial lives. And two of them are successful in the eyes of the master who gave them this money. And one is not successful. And the master gives this encouraging response when he finds out that these two people have been, have lived their life well with what they've been given. And, and, and the master says to the two people that did it the right way, he says, well done, good and influential, rich, not even impactful. The word there, I'm not going to say it because it's going to ruin the moment, but you know what word I'm talking about. It's faithful. Well done good and faithful servant. And so my grandpa was onto something. And it'd be wise of us to take note and shift some of our energy towards just wanting to grow up and be faithful. Let me pray for you. God, we're going to need your help on this. I know we can't do it by our own strength, and I know it's going to take a long time. But we petition for your help to produce a gritty faithfulness in us. Father, make us people who others can rely upon. Make us trustworthy. Give us the courage to not be flaky. Give us the resilience to not be like everybody else. Help us to be faithful, faithful, faithful. God, at the end, we want to stand before you and we want you to say, well done, good and faithful servant. God, help us. Lord, we're going to sing this song and it's about your faithfulness. And in a, as a response to that, God, would you help us to reflect on the faithfulness that you've shown us in our personal lives. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, like we do every Sunday, we're going to close with a, a song. And there's a prayer team right back there. And if God's working in your heart, if you want to talk to somebody, if you want to pray about faithfulness or anything else going on, 
that prayer team would love the chance to pray with you. And so while this song is being sung, you could go back there and they'll be ready for you. Why don't we all stand and let's sing about the faithfulness of God. Thanks for listening to the Three Creeks Church Podcast. To find out more about our church, to give online, or to attend a service, visit threecreekschurch.com. Thank you.